Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's a free country. You absolutely have a right to say what you believe. But you don't have the right to a platform, public or private. We don't have to give one of the largest platforms of our democracy, Congress, this hearing. Our right does not mean that we as Americans are not free from accountability. And that's what's distressing about this hearing. Even knowing what they know about Mr. Kennedy's hateful, evidence-free rhetoric, and even though they've invited any number of witnesses to make their point, Speaker McCarthy, Chairman Jordan, affirmatively chose to give this a platform. They intentionally chose to elevate this rhetoric to give these harmful, dangerous views a platform in the halls of the United States Congress. Dear Lord, Democrats are out of their heads. Let me tell you, when I was putting the show together today, I had absolutely no idea, no idea that Robert F. Kennedy Jr., speaking in front of uh, this hearing, speaking of this hearing in front of Congress, would have people so outraged would have people so out of their heads, angry and upset. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, TonyKatz.com. That's where you find all the good stuff. Now, while this is going, I I got more to share with you. Biden is in Philadelphia right now. Oh, I don't often get to share him live. He's he's talking up Bidenomics. <laughs> he's talking up Bidenomics. All the White House has been doing is talking about Bidenomics and what a great job he's done with the economy and uh, his approval rate's 37%. <laughs> 37%, but what does he have to say? Oh, a lot of applause in Philadelphia. I also thank Representative Mary Kay Scanlon who fights so hard for this district. And uh, the other members of Congress, Brendan Boyle, Chrissy Houlihan, Madeline Dean, Joe Courtney. I tell you. Uh, I tell you the thing I want to see more than anything is a conversation between Joe Biden and John Fetterman. That's, that's the kind of, of uh, hard-hitting conversation that will really move Americans. I'll get to his speech. It's, it's coming up. But I will tell you, his approval's at 37%. And this White House is never so excited as when they are talking about Bidenomics. There is a sign behind Biden. He's at this plant. Behind Biden is an American flag on his left, over his left shoulder and over his right shoulder. It says Bidenomics, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So when this economy goes further south, Right, one good month of of inflation, not as bad as it has been, but still bad, and they're all sorts of thrilled. Wait till it goes south, and then Bidenomics will be changed to blame Trump. That's what it's going to do. Listen, tragic time. We provided all we could from FEMA, but there's a a lot to be done. I'm here today to talk about what we're doing and to invest in America, invest in Pennsylvania invest in our clean energy future. Now talk about the progress we made building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up. You know, I came to office determined 
strengthen the middle class. I often say, and I mean it sincerely, you know, Wall Street, good folks down there, but they didn't build the middle class. They didn't build America. The middle class was built by the middle class, and the unions built the middle class. And the change, the economic direction of this country. Because we, I got tired of trickle-down economics. I've never been a big fan. If the wealthy do very well, I'm a capitalist. I like the wealthy to be able to people be wealthy. But if the mere fact they do well doesn't mean everybody else does well. I watched my dad growing up. There's not a whole lot of benefit trickle down on his kitchen table as a consequence of trickle down economics to what everyone from the Financial Times and Wall Street Journal has become my change, my different philosophy. They, I, don't, I don't think they started off trying to be complimentary, but they started calling them Bidenomics. And our plans work in Bidenomics. We're here. If, first of all, my God, that's the president of the United States. The middle class built the middle class. Well, I'm sold. I'm sure that's just as it was written. They are embracing this. And funny, Fox has got a graphic. Gas is up 49% under Biden. Uh, overall costs up 15.7%. But he's bragging. Percent, the longest stretch of unemployment below 4% in the last 50 years. We're beginning to come back, folks. We can't because we're giving workers a chance. Unemployment's down. But to the surprise of a lot of economists, so is inflation. Remember this story? In order for inflation to come down, you got to cut wages for hardworking folks. you got to have unemployment up in order for inflation to come down. Well, guess what? I never bought that. I don't think the problem in America is too many people are working or the people are making too much money. Instead, we focused on getting Americans into the workforce by fixing a broken supply chain, lowering the cost of product from everything from healthcare to the products we purchase. How's that going for everybody? How's those lower costs work? Everything good? Everything's great? Fantastic. I'm not opposed to the companies. I come from the corporate capital world. More, more corporations incorporated in Delaware than every other state in the union. But everybody should pay their fair share. Everybody should pay their fair share. Now they're coming down, and so is inflation. We need to keep bringing it down, the markups and the margins of the profits. It's one thing to make a profit. It's another thing to be excessive. You know, this is one of the most... And that's just like that, I'm done. Excessive. Three, one, the number here is 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. I want you to define excessive. What's an excessive profit? I want Joe Biden to explain it. What is an excessive profit? Because I don't know what that is. And how could I possibly decide for you what is excessive? How could anybody decide that for me? These are some of the nonsense statements that get made by Joe Biden some of the nonsense statements that get made that somehow we're supposed to look at and say, my gosh, this is really important. There's nothing important to this. Any progressive, any leftist who says, well, see, he's making excessive profits. That company's making excessive profits. Man, that's a hateful person. That is a dictator in waiting. That's an authoritarian. Only the authoritarian can say you're making too much. 
You don't get to say that to the king, but the king can say that to you. Do you see how that works? Your government, your government saying you've made too much. Excessive profits. Doesn't matter if he calls it excess or excessive. In both cases, it's obscene. In these issues, instead of exporting jobs, used to be find the cheapest market in the world, send the job overseas and bring the product back. Not on my watch. What here we're doing, we're creating jobs in America and we're exporting American products. (laughs) With the leadership of your Democratic members of Congress, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, although a few Republicans did support it. The largest investment to combat climate ever, ever anywhere in the world. Over $368 billion. We know the urgency. I don't hear many naysayers on climate deny the floods, the heat waves, the wildfires spoke. This whole thing about connecting climate to the economy is so they can have a much easier time with saying the answer is wealth redistribution because that is all it has ever been. Anytime you hear justice, uh, some descriptor of justice, climate justice, racial justice, environmental justice, social justice, those are all ways of saying wealth redistribution. Every last one. But these arguments are the arguments Biden wants to make and the team wants to make for 2024. So they go to Philadelphia because Pennsylvania is a battleground. Pennsylvania has to be won by the Democrats and doubly has to be won by Republicans. This is an important thing to note that when we talk about elections, we are not having just conversations about the nation. You have to take a look at the specific areas and the specific places and ask yourself, how does a Republican win Pennsylvania? If I were to take a look at Pennsylvania election results for 2020, Well, I see that Trump lost it by whatever percent. In the polling average, Biden uh, won the state by 1.2. That was the polling. I don't have the actual hard numbers. Well, you have to look to that and ask yourself how it is that you overcome it if you're on the political right. And that should be a pretext for many people regarding candidate. Now, I have heard from many, many, many people, some people who actually know things, convinced Trump is going to be the nominee. It's game over. Trump's going to be the nominee. I argue that they look at a top-line poll and they say that so they can prepare themselves without having to engage deeper conversations. I have no idea if Trump's going to be the nominee or not. If he's the nominee, I'm voting for him. If DeSantis is the nominee, I'm voting for him. If Tim Scott or Mike Pence are the nominee, I'm voting for them. Just so we all understand where I'm at. I want to win. 
I have no idol worship in me at all. I want to win. If I think Trump gives me the best chance of winning, I'm voting for him. I don't necessarily see that as true. I don't. Won't lie to you, not about to not about to start. What I'm telling you is is that you have to take a look at all these things. You have Joe Biden understanding and his team understanding that Pennsylvania matters. And so this is where he is. The question is, is this an argument that works? Well, Tony, is this an argument that works? This is a uh, this is a group of people that voted for John Fetterman over uh, Dr. Oz. Well, that's true. That is very, very true. But how much of that was early voting? If they had seen the stroke and seen the debate between Fetterman and Oz, would they have still voted for Fetterman? I don't know. By the way, in terms of total votes uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, Biden got 3.458 million and uh, Trump got 3.377. So it was less than 100,000 votes. Which would say to me, Pennsylvania, at least from that, that's a that's a a race that's still possible. But you take a look at 2022, and you take a look at Fetterman over Oz, and you're like, well, maybe not. Biden showing up is trying to. First of all, this is this administration far better than Hillary Clinton and learning from the mistakes when she didn't show up to places like Wisconsin and took it for granted. Don't take anything for granted. Pennsylvania is necessary. And touching the people in Pennsylvania is necessary. Now, doing it in Philadelphia, well, I mean, that's the lowest hanging fruit. He should actually go to Scranton. He needs to head to Western Pennsylvania and get in with the people there in Pittsburgh and areas to the north to the south. Then we'll see whether or not he's beloved. That's, to me, where he should be connecting. But it's not my job to give him advice. Because if I was, I don't think I'd be cheering this Bidenomics thing the way he is. You cannot get the White House to stop. They won't stop cheering this. They're, They're taking it as their own. You sure you want to risk this? One bad month. You're going to tell me how it's uh, the Russians driving up energy prices? Yes, they're in full campaign mode. And going to Pennsylvania is the right move. Talking about Bidenomics? I don't know about that. I'm Tony Katz. Fear and loathing in Illinois. Maybe it's just maybe it's just fear. There is concern because Illinois ruled in favor, the Illinois Supreme Court, of eliminating the state's cash bail system. So Illinois is the first state in the nation to fully abolish cash bail. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. 
So judges across the state will not require those charged with a crime to post bail in order to be released from jail while they await trial unless the judge determines them a threat to the public or a flight risk. So, how bad do you think things are going to get for the people of Illinois? Sheriffs are worried as can be. We did our job, we arrested them, incarcerated them. And then the state's attorney makes the argument that they should be remanded for trial, and the judge, based on what they call the Safety Act, now says, now I'm forced to let them go. Yeah, they're concerned, and rightfully so. Because this is going to be bad stuff. The bail conversation is about the idea that, oh, if you have money... You have rights. But if you don't have money, you don't have rights. There is a seriousness to the conversation. And I don't think that seriousness should be should be denied, by the way. I think that it's important to recognize that you are going to have a disaster of violent people who don't show up for court dates, who commit more crimes, this is just what's coming. Now I ask you, does anybody think otherwise? Does anybody think that it's not going to come? Everybody knows that it's going to happen. Everybody knows that it's going to happen. That things are going to get substantially worse. Yet, They've done it anyway. Because as we have seen time and time again, it is possible, if not probable, without a question plausible, that making things worse is part of the plan. It's the desired effect. The violence is not a bug, it's a feature. Because there are far too many people who are absolutely desperate to burn it all down you can play the denial game all you want you could say that's silly from now until the end of time you know it's true i know it's true because wait for it it's true so um bunch of people gonna be thrilled about this and then violence will explode all over the state And people will say, well, you know what the problem is? Racism. You know what the problem is? Sexism. You know what the problem is? We're not giving enough money to this group or that group or the other group. That's exactly what's going to get said. And we all know it. We all know that's going to be the entirety of the argument. Frustrating as it is. My uh, my advice is uh, less time in uh, Illinois, which is a shame because I got an email from uh, from Italy in Chicago about some new deals going on. Oh, I love Italy. Not Italy, Italy. It's Mario Batali's place. I know he's got his own issues, but so good. And I can't bring a firearm, can I?
Huh. See? Do you risk it? And now with no bail? Maybe not. I'm Tony Katz. I was stating that this hearing regarding uh, RFK, Robert F. Kennedy, is is nuts. The anger is out of control. So I was I was going through and 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 grabbing some of this. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is is uh, testifying in front of this House committee. Democrats are up in arms. You're a liar. You're a fraud. You should be censored. I should be sent. What, what are you? What are you even talking about? I mean, the Republican hearings that have unfolded over the last few days and throughout this entire Congress are a malignant clown show that are not designed to address issues that impact the health, the safety, and the economic well-being of the American people, but instead peddle outlandish and out-of-control conspiracy theories. This is a conversation about censorship, right? You, you're the people who had to create a hearing in order to bring us Sandra Fluck. I'm not, I remember... This is outlandish? No, what you said about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is outlandish. The notion that Republicans would give a congressional platform to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who peddles anti-Semitic tropes and baseless xenophobic conspiracy theories, which together are directed at the Jewish community and the Chinese American community is unbelievable. Has he ever said the same about Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, or Pramila Jayapal? Maybe Hakeem Jeffries should sit down and be quiet. RFK is peddling in the anti-Semitism, but these three bigots are fine? You sound ridiculous. Undercutting your own argument by your unwillingness, by your unwillingness to deal with the bigots in your own party. He calls RFK Jr. a living, breathing false flag. But that wasn't the craziest. That wasn't the craziest. Delegate Plaskett. In chattel slavery, you don't have to feed them the same way because they can take it. They, they, They can handle that. They don't need as much. Or now with COVID, they've got superhuman genes that they don't need to get the same vaccines in. And they may be more susceptible if you get vaccines. That's Plaskett comparing Robert F. Kennedy Jr. citing a study, a study claiming black Americans were less susceptible to COVID, comparing that to not feeding chattel slaves because, quote, they can take it. If he's quoting a study, it's the study. You can argue that the study's nuts. You can argue that it's nuts. 
but they are desperate to call him a bigot and a racist. Desperate. And then, of course, there was a Democratic Representative uh, Connolly. If you don't know Gerald Connolly, here you go. There's an opportunity to have a conspiracy theory here. There's an opportunity to make political points. And no matter what you may think, Mr. Kennedy, and I revere your name, you're not here to propound your case for censorship. You are here for cynical reasons to be used politically by that side of the aisle to embarrass the current president of the United States, and you're an enabler in that effort today. And it brings shame on a story name that I revere. You bring shame upon your family name. Not Ted Kennedy, who killed a woman. Oh, no. Lion of the Senate. Woo! Teddy K. That's the way. But you, RFK Jr., shame upon your family. We, we live in the darkest timeline, right? This is nuts. This is certifiable in how crazy it all is. We shouldn't be having this hearing. We shouldn't have to listen to him. My gosh, this is so, such a bigot. And then you get uh, people on, uh, on CNN, I'm sorry, on CNN, just spouting off the obvious. What I think is interesting about this, and this is less that Robert F. Kennedy is uh, the conspiracy, which is completely uh, absurd and you can't even really get into it, but more that he is polling at 17 to 20% as a Democratic presidential candidate. And a cynical person would say, if you're a Republican, let's continue to elevate him on a very regular basis. And that would include having him testify on Capitol Hill. Republican Scott Jennings. Yeah. Your thoughts? Well, it is it is sort of governing by trolling. I mean, you know, just this screwing with Joe Biden by having him up there. On the other hand, it's also uh, platforming who someone who has not just recently become a kook and a crank and a conspiracy theorist, but he's been one his whole adult life. <sighs> I've already told you where I am on Robert F. Kennedy and uh, his running for office. And if you vote for him, you're nuts. But the guy should be allowed to speak. I'm now going to sit here and listen to somebody say, yeah, they're they're putting him up there on 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 Capitol Hill to 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 hurt Joe Biden. You mean the Republicans did something political? I'm I, I I'm shocked. Let me ask you, um, why did Democrats put uh, Sahel Khan on uh, on the uh, on the stage? When he was going after Trump, and I've read my Constitution. Why? why uh, sorry, Humayun Khan. H-U-M-A-Y-U-N. Humayun Khan, first name. Was one of the 14 American soldiers who have died in combat. And they took... His father, Kaiser, K-H-I-Z-R, to deliver remarks at the Democratic National Convention. All to go after Donald Trump. 
Now, now this is the problem? I'm almost impressed that Republicans actually know how to do this stuff. But in a conversation about censorship, Democrats actively looking to censor Robert F. Kennedy Jr., man, that's precious and special. Special. Unreal. Uh, There's a, a breaking story from the people over there at Fox News. The claim from documents that were, le- were released Biden by Chuck Grassley. A pair of controversies tonight that could hinder his re- the documents state that Joe and Hunter coerced the CEO of Burisma to pay them in exchange for their help in getting a Ukrainian prosecutor investigating the company fired. Remember, we, we know about uh, this story. We know about getting the prosecutor fired. And uh, the, the whole uh, son of a bitch statement where he said, I'm, I, I got a billion dollars and, and uh, you, uh, you're not going to get the, 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 the billion dollars. If, if you don't do this, you don't do that well. Well, son of a bitch, he was fired. That conversation it creates a lot of questions about why was this prosecutor fired and was there a move from Burisma or others to push the elected vice president of the United States into firing him, replacing him as a prosecutor with somebody who might be uh, less uh, abusive towards Burisma. Grassley saying he released the document describing an alleged criminal bribery scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a Ukrainian business executive so that the American people can, quote, read this document for themselves without the filter of politicians or bureaucrats. The document is an FBI-generated FD-1023 form. The FD-23 is when they do an interview. They're writing down what they what they heard in the interview. We already know from one of the FD-1023s that there should be an investigation regarding what some of these other whistleblowers have said. Never mind these new whistleblowers from just the other day showing that the IRS absolutely slow-walked the investigation into Hunter Biden, tried to stop the investigation into Hunter Biden, would not allow charges to be pushed against Hunter Biden from a prosecutor out of D.C. who gave money to Joe Biden's campaign. We know this. We know that this took place. And certainly, from there, there should be an investigation. Anybody who says otherwise is not an honest broker. Anybody who says otherwise is a liar. Certainly a fraud. Certainly not to be trusted. At the very least, an investigation should take place. That would be the rational course. This FD-1023 um, reflects the FBI's interviewing interview with a, quote, highly credible confidential source detailing multiple meetings and conversations they had with a top executive of the Ukrainian natural gas firm Burisma. Fox News Digital reviewed the document, 
includes new information, including the identity of the business executive, who is the, Z- the CEO of Burisma, Zlochevsky, Z-L-O-C-H-E-V-S-K-Y. There's the inv- that's where you get the allegations that he says he was coerced into paying the millions of dollars to Biden and to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden to get the Ukrainian prosecutor for fired, uh, the one investigating his firm. In the form, Slachevsky tells the source he has quote many text messages and recordings to show he was coerced to make such payments. Remember when there was uh, that rumor uh, that one of these people said that they had recordings of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden as a uh, a kind of an insurance policy. I think it was two of Joe Biden and 13 of, of Hunter Biden. Well, is that what we're about to find out? I mean, he released it. Here it is. Here is the whole FD-1023. All the typed notes. Phone call here. CHS. Providing the confidential human source, confidential human source, providing the following supplemental reporting there. He has many texts and recordings that show he was coerced to make such payment. CHS clarified Zuchevsky said he had a total of 17 recordings involving the Bidens. Two of the recordings included Joe Biden and the remaining 15 recordings only included Hunter. So I said it was 15. It's 17. Two for Biden, 15 for Joe Biden, 15 for Hunter Biden. The source reiterated that per Zlachevsky, these recordings uh, evidence Zlachevsky was somehow coerced into paying the Bidens to ensure Ukraine prosecutor uh, General Viktor Shokin was fired. Zlachevsky stated he has two documents. The source thinks that they're wire transfer statements, bank records, that evidence some payments to the Biden were ma- Bidens were made, presumably, presumably, sorry, in exchange for Shokin's firing. Now, is any of that true? The hell if I know. But you'll note, I didn't say the Biden should get a firing squad for treason. I said there should be an investigation. If I replaced Biden in the statement I just read, in the paragraph I just read, If I replaced Biden with Trump, Donald, Donald Jr., or Eric, hell if I replaced it with Barron Trump. The demands for an investigation would be so loud, none of us could get any work done. The world would come to a stop until Trump was investigated and, of course, found guilty. You want to ask... You want to know if there's a two-tier justice system. The answer is yes. Yes, there is. This is enough for an investigation. It's enough. How in the world could we begin to think otherwise? Why in the world would we keep ourselves from learning about this. You want to make the claim that we don't have a two-tier justice system. You want to make the claim, not you, they. They want to make the claim 
that everybody's treated equally, that we have to look up to uh, the, the FBI, to the DOJ. Why? When they treat us like this. Trump sneezes wrong. It's an investigation. We've got this right here. And nothing should be done. We have this level of documentation from a a, a source. There shouldn't be an investigation. Well, the problem for the political left is they believe like Representative Mfume, M-F-U-M-E, Representative uh, Kwesi Mfume, who actually said this yesterday. Here's what galls me. I don't like these attacks on the Department of Justice, the FBI, the IRS, as if they are somehow anti-U.S. agencies. Those agencies keep this democracy in check. It keeps them in float. They provide the checks and they provide the balances. No, they don't. They're not even in the Constitution. The Constitution creating three branches, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial, that's the checks and balances. How are you a congressman? You don't know what checks and balances are? Three institutions that have no bearing in the Constitution. They provide the checks and balances? The institutions are more important than the people, the people's representatives, the people's house? Good Lord. But when you belong to the political left, I guess anything could get twisted to go your way. I'm Tony Katz. So first there's chat GPT. And then Facebook is going to get into this world of AI in a deal with Microsoft. And now Apple is testing Apple GPT. And there are people out there who want to tell me that AI isn't that big of a deal. AI isn't going to replace the writers in the writer's strike. You can't replace the actors. Whatever you say, you may end up being right. I just don't think that you are. I think that you are very... Very wrong. If you don't think that um, these things can be replaced, they most definitely can be replaced. I hope I'm wrong. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.